Hello, my field daisies. Today's life lesson is live your life as if you were your number one fan. And what I mean by that is you are the only one that truly gets to live your story that knows every single minute of it. Um, you're the only one that really cares, that truly cares, that really will know your story. So why not live life as a fan of yourself. Be obsessed with yourself. Be obsessed with everything about yourself and be present in your everyday life. All right, roll the intro music. Hello, my fields. Today is a very special episode on the podcast because we don't have a guest. Um, it's just me. When uh, Daisy Ish Days first started, this is what it was. I used to just come on here by myself and just talk. Um, and I miss that. I, I really liked um, having guests on my podcast. And I think I still am going to have guests on my podcast. But I kind of wanted to take it back to the old school days and just do a few solo episodes and we'll see how I feel. Maybe I will want to bring back guests, maybe I won't, and we'll just play it by ear because that's kind of how we have always done it. Um, at the end of the day, this is just sort of my creative outlet and I kind of missed, I missed talking about whatever I wanted to talk about. I missed geeking out about whatever technology news I wanted to geek out about or whatever I was product I was really obsessing over I, I missed that you know um and don't get me wrong I loved I loved having my friends on here I loved having special guests on here but at the end of the day I just kind of wanted to just <laughs> ramble and when I was listening to my old podcasts, I was like, oh my god, I used to talk about so many personal things on here that I kind of lost when I would have guests on because I, we would kind of get into conversations about, you know, just the conversation naturally flowed into what they were up to, what they were doing. And I really, like I said, loved it, enjoyed it, still have a blast doing guest podcasts. But um, y'all know, like, this thing is just my thing. Um, I don't really... I don't really have any agenda. I, I'm, I don't necessarily consider myself like a creator in the aspect of I'm creating things for other people. Um, I don't have listeners. Uh, if you're someone who's listening to this right now, just know you are one of maybe 20, 50 people max that listen to this podcast. Um, and thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm surprised. I don't know why you're here. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I do it for me. I create for me. Um, and maybe, you know, one day I will get followers and I'll have like this in the back of my mind, you know, I don't know all creators are just like, oh, I create stuff for me. Um, but I think when you do have like this mass following, you can't help but have some sort of voice in the back of your head creating for others, you know? Um, you see the comments. You see, like, you're influenced by, oh, like, this person wants me to dress like this, or they want me to pick this costume, or they want me to do this challenge. You get influenced, you know? Um, me? No influence. Literally none. I I truly do this for myself. I don't... I go back and listen to my own work <laughs> um, to remind myself of Baby Daisy and what she was like two or three years ago, you know? Um, what's wild is I used to do blog posts, right? I, I, this, If you didn't know, this started as a blog. 
Daisy's Days was a blog that was started in 2013. I did my first post. Um, it was a fashion blog, and I would just talk about my outfits. And my first post, literally, my parents took um, photos of me in our backyard, and I wrote about it. Um, I don't even know if I still own those clothes anymore. I, I bet I still have one or like maybe I still have that necklace lying around or like that skirt somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and, and I do look at the stats sometimes and I'm like, no one reads those anymore. You know, like my stats, my stats are so low. I know when someone like is reading my shit because I, I, they'll be like, oh my God, I'm reading through your poetry right now. And then it'll be like literally a spike in stats because one person is perusing through your poetry. Um, like when I went, <laughs> when I went and read my old blog post, I was like, oh, I'm the only traffic on here. And it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting being in a place where anyone can look at your thing, but no one's watching, you know, it's just kind of this comforting, um, empty room that I'm talking into and I love it it's a room that is open to the public but yet I am the only one that's chosen to stay because I mean it's my life and I think I'm in this weird journey right now where I'm trying to be more mindful of remembering remembering (laughs) remembering um because my memory is terrible um, it's funny, like I, I think I have tunnel vision me- memory. I truly believe I walk through life like a horse with blinders on and I don't want to do that anymore. Like I have tunnel vision, truly tunnel vision. Like if there's something that I care about, if there's like a person I care about, I'll remember every single detail about them. Um, but it's like, that's not, you can't live life like that. You know, um, you gotta be able to experience everything for what it is. And, you know, I think, that's something I want to be more mindful of. Um, and I think with kind of going back to these solo podcasts, going back to reading my old, old blogs, I'm trying to just like trigger those memories, right? Because I I feel like for the longest time, I've just been walking on a cloud. Um, and, um, <laughs> and it's just, it's interesting because I think this is tying into like the life lesson that I want to kind of talk about on this podcast today is that like, you're the only one that truly cares about your story. Like, we live in this kind of egocentric world, right? Like, you can be the most selfless person, um, can be Gandhi, you can be, you can live your life to serve other people. But yet, like, your, your story is truly only going to be admired by you. Um, There can be celebrities out there that have all these adoring fans, but at the end of the day, you know the intricacies of your life. You're the only one that gets to experience it and to live it. Um, So why not try to make it a point to remember it? You're the only one that can remember everything. Um, that's the joy that we have of life is we we have one life to live, you know? Um, and there's no point in beating yourself up for not being able to remember the past. I think for me, um, I am a dissociator. I know I'm a dissociator. When I am in a moment of crisis, I stick my head in the sand like an ostrich. Is is it an ostrich? I think it's ostriches that do that. The, The creatures that 
when they see something happening that is bad, you just hide your head. That's what I do. Whenever I've been in a traumatic situation or something is just like someone is yelling at me or I'm in an argument or anything, I dissociate. I look at the wall and I'm just like, la 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 in la la land. And I black out. Truly, I black out. Um, I was finished reading this book. Um, I think I shouted it out a couple months ago. I have this problem of finishing books halfway and then putting them down, reading another book and then coming back to them or maybe never coming back to them. But I actually finally finished this one. It's called Memory Makeover. Um, <laughs> it's ironic that it's called Memory Makeover and I cannot remember the person's name. Oh my God. She's a famous actress. Um, she has auto-impressive... <laughs> I love how this is a book of memory and I can't remember her name and I cannot remember the condition she has. I know what it is. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> this is how bad it is, guys. This is how bad it is. Um, but she basically has like astounding autobiographical memory or something like that. Basically, she has insane um, memory about herself. She can think of a date since she was like at the age of 10 or like 13 years old or something, she can be like December 11th, 1987. She can remember what she was wearing, what she was doing, who she was talking to, specific conversations. She can remember the train number. She was riding a train. It's insane. And so she has this book about how you can um, make over your memory, right? Like how you can be like her and remember everything in your life. And I think a lot of her advice is really practical. I actually started labeling um, my poems. Like right now I've been writing a lot of love poems. I'm just in that, just in that fix. Just all my poems are about romance. I can't help it. I just, I'm a hopeless romantic. Um, hopeful romantic, actually. I want to relabel that. I'm not hopeless. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful I'm going to find the one one day. It's going to happen. I know it is. Um, it's got to keep on trucking. Um, I digress. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and um, on my website, I now on my poetry section, love, I have it labeled the way she thinks of memory. So she thinks of it as um, anticipation, participation, and recollection. So the way that she has been able to remember things, and maybe it's genetics, but also I think it's training is what she says, you know, is she as, as from a young age has been able to train her mind to anticipate certain events, certain days. So you're thinking about it. You're getting excited about the moment. You're participating. You're present. You're feeling everything. You're experiencing everything. And then the one thing that she says that people forget to do is recollect, is to recollect what you're feeling that day. Or try to remember, try to retrace your steps, like really solidify, really learn, really, really relive that and store it in your little brain, you know? Um, she um, has like this way that you're supposed to like journal about your day. You're supposed to journal about it like that. You're supposed to write what you're thinking about, how you're going to anticipate the year, how you're going to anticipate the month, how you're going to anticipate the day. You're going to like right after you finish the event or the day, you're going to like write about it. And then I think two or three days late, three or three days later, you're supposed to recollect and like write, reflect on it. You know, the book is called Total Memory Makeover. Uncover your past, take charge of your future, and the author's name is Mary Lou Henner. She's an actress. She was in a lot of fun things like, I think, Taxi Driver, um, other things. I'm so sorry, Mary Lou. I 
don't know. I've not seen your stuff, but I love you. I love your book. You know how I found your book? I don't think you're ever, ever going to listen to this because no one ever listens to this. But if you ever do, the way I found your book was I was literally walking um, home one day. What was, I don't even, I think maybe I was like, was I like maybe picking up medication or something? Maybe that's why. Because when I pick up medication from Dwayne Reed, I always walk back a certain way and I decided to go on a different street. And I saw this used bookstore that sold pickles or it's a pickle store that sells used books. I think that's kind of like the funny joke that I like to tell people when I tell people about this bookstore. Um, but yeah, I went there and this book was on the shelf and I was in sort of this journey of wanting to improve my memory. And it was just honestly the perfect book. I love, I love used bookstores. I think they're amazing. Um, I love being able to just physically peruse a shelf and find something. Um, and it's also like it's saving the environment because you get to give an old book a new home, you know? Um, but yeah, I bring her book up because like, um, speaking on like dissociation, I, she, she talks about how everyone can remember usually everyone. Well, she says everyone, she just literally, she's like, everyone can, um, everyone can remember, um, high school. Um, and she's done these, um, talks and seminars. She's tried it on her brother who swore that he could never. Um, but she has this exercise where you're supposed to think of a year in, um, high school or something and write out your class schedule. Like what time to what time did you do this? What time to what time did you do that? Um, because that's sort of when, you know, it's a really formative time of your life and it's also based off of structure, right? Like, you know that you get there at like 7am, you go home at three and you, and everyone for the most part, when she was doing these seminars, were able to come up with their whole schedule. And like, I took a pause and I was like, I don't remember my schedule at all. I don't remember high school at all. Um, I really had to think about it. I think I remember 12th grade like my last year of high school, like if I could really think about it, maybe I can pick, put, cobble together a schedule, maybe 11th grade, but like ninth grade, 10th grade, complete blackout. And I remember talking to my therapist about this. Um, and she was like, it's because you, you dissociate, you know, um, you went through some traumatic things and it's almost like a defense mechanism that your body does. And I really had to grapple with the fact that like, there are some things I might just not be able to fully remember. And that, that was really sad for me, honestly. Um, it's still like really sad for me and something that I'm really working through. So anyone that's listening out there, it's okay if you can't remember either. There are people out there that can't like me. Maybe you also, you know, I don't know got into a terrible accident, which I'm really sorry if you did, and hit a part of your head and you can't remember things anymore. That happens too. And that's okay. It's okay not to remember um, because you can take charge today. You can start living life for yourself today because you are the only one who is going to be living your story. You're the only one that's going to be caring about your story. It's just you. And you should make the most of it, you know? 
God, I miss doing this. I miss, like, I remember when I first started, I started this in, like, 2018, 2019, and, like, doing these solo podcasts were so excruciating because I would try to, I would write this script, I would re-record, and I think I'm so glad I've gotten to a place where I just feel comfortable enough to be able to just speak and just do it. I just, it's amazing. I am so proud of myself. Um, Let's get into some sincere shoutouts. Um, I'm going to sincerely shout out my coat closet right now because that is where I am recording. This is the first time that I'm recording in this closet and I'm so happy. Um, if you, if you know me and you've, you've talked to me, then you know that I have been talking about turning my cloak coat closet into a sound studio forever. I think I've been talking about this for like this entire year. It's like September now. And this is the first time I'm actually doing it and recording it. I cleared out the back of it and I set up a desk, set up my mic in here. And honestly, audio is crisp, bro. Audio is crisp as fuck. It sounds amazing. I love it. I am sweating. It's hot. It is hot in here, but I am I'm doing it. I'm recording it and it makes me so happy. Um, very thankful. Um, very, very thankful that I have a closet big enough to do this. Obviously there's not that much space in here, but there's enough space for me to stand and record. And that's, that's all I want. That's all that matters. Um, so I'm going to shout that out. I'm going to shout this app called Poetizer. Um, so I have been dipping my toe out of Instagram. I was off for a couple weeks. I've been kind of dipping it back in a little bit, but honestly, it's been nice dipping out, man. It's been nice not being you know, on Instagram all the time, doom scrolling. Um, part of me feels guilty because I'm like missing out on what my friends are posting, but I think it was, I was in like this toxic trait of just like looking at what other people were doing and then feeling obligated to post. And it was like this whole cycle. Um, and I recently got back on it to post for Izu, um, this music festival concert thing that I went to. And I started posting a little bit again today and I'm like already regretting it. Um, but something that I'm not regretting is posting on Poetizer, which is this social media app where people just post poetry and I freaking love it. I'm in love with it. It is awesome. Um, there's this whole like coup about like I joined right when they started having like a paywall pay subscription, which is basically like $15 a year, I think, which is not bad. I don't, I, per, I don't want to get any hate. I don't think it's personally, I don't think it's terrible. I get there's some people out there that can't afford it. And they maybe should have thought about a different model, like, um, a paid ad, an advertise, an ad based model and a paid option. If you don't want to get rid of ads, I understand why they did it. I think because I mean, they need money to like improve the app. Right. So, but yeah, because that happened, a bunch of poets left the app, went to another one called the right co. I don't even want to say their name because they're honestly that I personally don't like right co. I was on there for like five seconds and I hated the interface. It just, poetizer is clean. It's crisp. It's nice. It's, it's simple. It's, it, they, it, it, it's just about posting your words out there and that's it and that's why I really like it and I've I was posting my poetry on Instagram for a bit and I maybe I'll I'll still do that but like I think there's something else about po it's just something it feels different posting it for actual poets knowing that they'll read it and I don't know it's just like the likes kind of mean more in a way and also it's like you can't post a whole ass poem on Instagram either it's very more of a visual 
app, you know, and it's, it's, and then we have threads now, but even that you can't even post. So this has just truly been my creative outlet and I've loved it so, so much. I'd even think of it as a media obsession as well. I've like started following a lot of really cool poets and like now I get notifications when they write something and it's been such a joy, um, to be on that platform. Um, more into like, I guess, media obsessions. Now I can segue myself into here. Um, Udemy. I don't know if this, this counts as a media obsession, but now that I have been not doom scrolling on Insta, doom scrolling, God, I cannot fucking talk, not doom scrolling on Instagram, I've been doing more Udemy courses. And shout out to my company for offering Udemy courses for free. I feel really grateful for that. Um, and I've been doing a voiceover class. I've been learning how to do professional voiceovers as well as a chat GBT class. Um, and speaking of another media obsession, I have been really, I've always been into Shane Dawson. I've watched all of his things. I've bought his makeup palette. I am invested in this YouTuber. Um, if you don't know who he is, he's a YouTuber. Um, I love YouTubers. I am, I am literally a 2016 Tumblr girl forever and always. <laughs> My friends called me that one time and I was like a little offended and I'm like, I don't even know why I was offended. It's so fucking true. It's so true, Kimmy and Emily. It's true. I'm a fucking 2016 Tumblr girl. I know I am. I still watch YouTubers. Um, but yeah, so this YouTuber Shane Dawson. I really, I, 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 I fell out for a little bit. And now I'm back in. I'm literally just binge watching his podcasts. Um, but he, I, so I've been watching. I literally binge watched it today and it was like a podcast from like seven months ago and, and this is when like chat gpt was just blowing up and they were they were playing with it on his podcast and um and now it's like seven months later i'm doing a course on it on udemy on how to optimize it for businesses i freaking i i i am going to go do and do a full-on podcast on chat gpt i am obsessed with ai i am obsessed with using ai tools to optimize your workflow i really think it's like i am I am passionate about it. I really am. Um, and it like makes me sad that teachers are telling their kids not to use ChatGPT. I'm like, they are, that is literally telling a kid instead, you cannot type your paper, your 5,000 word paper on a computer. You have to write that by hand with a pencil because that's cheating if you type it. Like, that's how I feel when I hear that teachers are doing that. Like, it actually pisses me off. Because the thing is, kids need to know how to use these um, chatbot AI copy generator tools. They need to learn how to use these language tools, man. Because that's what the workflow is. That is what modern day corporate world is transitioning to, is, is being able to train these language models to give you an output that is good enough for you to use for your business. We are at a time now where this type of technology has been democratized for the masses, kind of the same as when like the internet was democratized to everyone before, you know, before it was widely available to the public. It's only meant for like government or um, education or research-based usages and now that was like AI about a decade ago. Um, and now we're here. We are here. And it's kind of scary. It's kind of cool. It's really exciting. Um, and I think it's going to change the world. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to stop talking about it. Um, I have a podcast with the wonderful Sarah 
Stoker, who has a really cool company called Seated that is doing AI consulting work um, for the entertainment industry. So if you're in the entertainment industry and you want to know what AI tools to use, highly recommend checking out that company. Definitely a big sincere shout out. She's an amazing, strong female business leader, and she's really knowledgeable in AI. I don't even know. I just shout out, Sarah. I don't know if you're going to listen to this podcast, but um, shout out to you. Um, all right. It's getting hot in here. I think I'm going to leave. I think I'm going to end this podcast a little short. Um, I thank you if you're here and you're listening. You know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to end this podcast with a poem. I don't think anyone knows this. Um, let me know if you do. I really, truly don't think so because back in 2018, what I would used to do is I would play the outro music let it die down. And then I would recite a poem to you at the end of the podcast. I used to do that in the first few episodes. And you know what? I'm going to do it again. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that if you want to. Love y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hope you have a daisyish day. Hi. If you're here, thank you. Thank you for being here and uh, indulging me in letting me read a poem to you. And this is going to be a very special one because I'm going to read one of my poems. Um, I haven't done this since my birthday when I did a poetry open mic literally like seven months ago, eight months ago. Um, nine months ago. Wow. Insane. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why I haven't done it again. I think I just got busy doing other things. I, I want to read more of my poetry. Um, so yeah, this is honestly one of my favorite poems that I've ever written. Like time like water is one, my first poem that I ever wrote. And I thought nothing is going to ever top the, the first thing I wrote. Um, because it just has such a special place in my heart. But this one, for some reason, it's so simple, but it's just so sweet. And it just, for me, it feels like a classic. You know, like, I feel like when I die and go to my grave, this is the one people are going to remember, you know? And maybe that's just me. Maybe the, um, maybe it's not going to be this one. Maybe everyone's going to be like, this is definitely not the one. But for me, it is, you know? Um, so without further ado, meet me at the Jasmine Tree. Meet me at the jasmine tree, right underneath where the marigolds breathe. We'll have a laugh while drinking jasmine tea on a soft-knitted blanket, big enough for three. But it'll be just us, sipping tea. We'll laugh and breathe that floral jasmine air, admiring the yellow-orange hue of those funny marigolds. We'll sit until our tea grows cold and the skies start matching the yellow-orange hue of those funny marigolds. I'll brush the hair falling so neatly across your eyes and kiss you gently as the stars begin to rise, whispering, thank you for meeting me at the jasmine tree, right underneath where the marigolds breathe.